Hi, and welcome to another Economic Commentary. I'm Stuart Bergman. A good friend, former colleague, and mentor would often say that if necessity is the mother of invention, then crisis is the mother of transformation. The Great Depression of the early 30s gave rise to Roosevelt's New Deal. A string of high-profile corporate scandals in the U.S. in the early 2000s beget the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, a U.S. law established to protect investors and the general public. More recently, the COVID-19 crisis exposed the vulnerabilities of the manufacturing processes that we had come to rely on in the name of customer centricity and enhanced productivity. Now, pent-up demand unleashed in the aftermath of pandemic-induced shutdowns completely overwhelmed our productive capacity and the logistics networks on which they depend, causing inflation not seen in 40 years. In response, the U.S. passed a series of legislation to invest more than $2 trillion in economic competitiveness, innovation, and industrial productivity. Notable among these is the massive infrastructure bill aimed at renewing America's transportation infrastructure, bolstering its broadband networks, and building out its electric vehicle charging grid. There's also the Inflation Reduction Act, directed at boosting clean energy investment, enhancing domestic manufacturing capacity, encouraging procurement of critical supplies, and incentivizing the commercialization of leading-edge clean technologies. Finally, the CHIPS and Science Act is designed to bolster U.S. semiconductor capacity and ensure the secure supply of microprocessors. These bold moves by the U.S. Congress are part of a broader industrial policy framework meant to entice businesses to reshore elements of their supply chains. In addition, state and local governments are providing incentives to win back manufacturing plants. Now, it's clear that supply chain snags and logistical resilience aren't the only drivers here. U.S. consumers are signaling a readiness for made-in-America policies with more than 83% saying they'd be willing to pay up to 20% more for products manufactured at home, according to recent surveys. Shifting consumer preferences and the changing political landscape are leading to real results. The value of construction investment in the manufacturing sector jumped 34% in 2022 compared to average annual growth of just 2.6% between 2010 and 2021. This increase was mainly driven by a 220% jump in spending on the construction of factories for computer, electronic, and electrical components. And this trend is only expected to continue to, to pick up steam as the U.S. races to secure essential technologies and supplies in the name of economic prosperity and national security. Reshoring isn't the only element of this evolving industrial policy framework gaining traction in Washington, D.C. Production of solar panels, EVs, hydrogen fuel cells, smartphones, medical equipment, and a host of other products require critical minerals and rare earth elements. But the U.S., holds only 1.3% of global rare earth reserves, while China and Russia control 38% and 10% respectively. This means that the U.S. is going to have to be more creative in securing its supply of these minerals and elements. There are, for example, abundant mining waste and aqueous sources in the U.S. which can be harnessed to recover significant amounts of these minerals domestically. Should Canada be worried about this doubling down on protectionist policies? While the IRA might divert critical risk capital and labor toward the development of U.S. clean technologies, projects there will also create export and investment opportunities for suppliers all along the clean tech value chain, from providers of raw materials and feedstock, key components, critical technologies and intellectual property, to construction and project planning services. There will also be opportunities to invest in niche areas where 
Resource and innovation advantages can help Canada secure long-term positions and even move up the value chain in industries that are candidates for mass global production. The bottom line? The COVID-19 crisis, together with emerging geopolitical tensions and the evolution of the domestic policy discourse, have forced a fundamental rethink of production networks and security of supplies. Industrial policy, once a taboo of free market economics, is now a common feature of the post-pandemic global economy. As a small open economy, Canada does have reason to be concerned. However, our strong bilateral relationship with the United States should see trade continue to flow freely across our southern border. Some exporters may even stand to benefit from new sources of demand. But far from sitting back, Canadian businesses and policymakers must continue to innovate to secure our position in the economy of tomorrow. This week, a very special thank you to Prince Owusu, Senior Economist in our Economic and Political Intelligence Centre. As always at EDC Economics, we value your feedback. If you've got ideas for topics that you'd like us to explore, please email us and we'll do our very best to cover them. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.